Guys, welcome to another episode of the Hungry Podcast. I have uh, today. Uh, his name is uh, Fred Gordon. He's a restaurant consultant. Really happy to have you on. Uh, yeah, thanks for being on, uh, Fred. Hey, no problem, Alex. Man, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, why don't you just tell us uh, just kind of like a little bit about yourself, a little bit of your background, and everything like that. Well, sure. Thanks. I'll uh, I'll start by uh, so I've been in the restaurant industry for over uh, twenty years total. I started with a very prominent restaurant organization uh, down in the south here in Houston uh, by the name of uh, by the name of Pappas uh, Restaurants. And I started really out of college. Uh, once I graduated, I was waiting tables there, and they offered me a management position. I I sort of took it. Didn't have any plans. Just didn't want to go back to school for another three years. Get my master's degree. And uh, I took it, and I know what I realized, uh, you know, Alex, I was really, really good at it at the beginning. I had a very different approach with people. Uh, people tend to gravitate to me for some reason. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I just started, you know, just kind of working my way up through the ranks as a, uh, a night floor manager and just kind of learning the ins and outs. Uh, this particular company is very well versed at the training program. Uh, I think that's one thing that they can hang their hat on uh, as far as management training. And uh, I just kind of worked my way up from there as a floor manager. And ultimately, I, I made my way into the kitchen, uh, started kitchen managing at that point, training as well. I couldn't boil water. I always tell people that joke before I got in the kitchen. And uh, it just kind of took off. Found myself in a uh, you know number two role, uh, shoulder to shoulder with my GM. And just learning the ins and outs, just the daily operations of running the restaurant, uh, the, the keen eye for detail that I developed over the years. Of course, working with various different types of people and management teams and, and things of that sort, just found my niche until I became a GM for the organization. And I did that for about eight years, just running very busy multi-million dollar restaurants, uh, you know, honing my skills in that aspect, um, you know, dealing with huge management teams. I think I had over 15 managers at my last uh, restaurant. Oh, wow. And, uh, yeah, and that just honestly, man, just, you know, just learning the ins and outs of the business, running, again, just, you know, like I said, 300-seat restaurants, 21-seat bars, and, and just really, really, really just getting the, 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 the I guess, understanding and what it's like to, to run restaurants of that magnitude. And finally, you know, after so many years, you, you kind of get worn down, you know. It's, uh, it's a very different industry. The stress level is there. Uh, this was a flagship restaurant, and so there was a lot of, uh, things that would be passed and run through that restaurant for testing. And uh, just that type of volume coupled with that and then just the ins and outs of the restaurant, man, it just took its toll after a while. And I opened my own uh, my own consulting business in August of last year, uh, just kind of piggybacking off of all the knowledge that I've learned over the years. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so I guess just over the years, you've just kind of grown through the ranks. Did you? Was that kind of part of your vision, just like kind of moving up that way and um... – and even just like starting your business or was like, yeah, how did that kind of all come about? No, I just kind of played out that way, Alex, to be honest with you. I, um, I was definitely the uh, corporate guy. You know, I, I definitely had plans and visions to continue to move up that ladder within the organization. Uh, you know, they didn't call it district managers, but that's pretty much what was next where you would, you know, be in a position of managing uh, a few GMs under your belt had I, had I got to that point. Um, but ultimately, though, you know, Alex, it really I saw something different. I saw that there was a need. And, and you know, here in Houston, especially uh, with restaurants that 
uh, people don't realize what goes into running a restaurant every day. Mm. And you'd be surprised with a lot of my clients that I deal with. You know, I go in and, you know, I, I begin to talk to them and they're just telling me, you know, hey, when it started out, I didn't anticipate it was going to be this way. Uh, most of the times people either inherited the restaurant, had mm. some money that, you know, they had set aside for themselves to, and decided to open a restaurant or, you know, someone can make a pretty cool chili during the winter and they felt like, you know, hey, I can cook other things as well. Right. And so mm. uh, it's, it's more to it than just opening the door and just having the stove or the pots going, right? I mean, there's a lot of planning, preparation, and forecasting that's involved with restaurants. You really gotta have your your hand in a lot of different things in order for your restaurant to be successful. So, you know, really as I started to, you know, continue my career with Pappas, I started thinking, man, you know, these guys have gave me a very valuable tool of knowledge. How can I use that and pass that on to other restaurants? So, so, I mean, there's so many out here and there's one on every corner, it seems like. And unfortunately, Alex, the, the scary stat out there is, you know, that restaurants typically within the first five years, they don't they don't make it. And right, so right. Uh, hopefully if I can play my part and, and just kind of even out those odds just a tad bit, I mean, maybe we wouldn't have so many changes and closures with restaurants. Mm. Yeah, no, I really like what you're doing with terms of like training because I think yeah there is a lot of people that don't know really the kind of the caliber of what it takes to run a restaurant I mean I'll be honest like I could never run a restaurant um I'm glad you know kind of, we do kind of what we do we work with restaurants but not um you know in an actual restaurant uh, and I have worked in restaurants before and it's um it's so many moving parts and especially when you're you know even more like the stakes are higher and it's you know a bigger restaurant bigger teams that you've worked with um I mean, it's just a lot of complexities and um, do do they kind of just like when you get called, is it kind of just like, oh, crap, like, you know, all of our stuff is a mess. It's kind of like an emergency kind of state or is it like usually like just to when maybe they're starting out or like, yeah, or is it just all over? Like, when do they usually call you? (laughs) It's really all over, Alex, to be honest with you. But, you know, and and I I do a, you know, a YouTube channel and and I posted this one day, you know, don't don't let it get to the point where, you know, you're two months from having your doors locked, you Mm -hmm. know, because at that point, really, there's nothing I can do. The damage is pretty much done. Uh, But, you know, to to answer your question, it is all over. My last two clients were at the very beginning uh, of their restaurant journey. Uh, they were still obtaining permits and building codes and things of that sort to get open. And that's really when it's really the best time because I can kind of go in and help them set that expectation uh, mm-hmm. and, and kind of get those, uh, you know, I like to call it the, the practices that employees have and all the different things that it takes to, to get that culture built. Uh, I like to establish that on day one. And, uh, and I think that's really the, the difference between my company, Gordon Restaurant Consulting, Alex versus most, and there's nothing wrong with any of the others out there, but we're very hands-on with yeah. our approach. And I think I think it's a lot more bang for your buck as an owner, as a GM, or anyone in a restaurant. When you have a consultant that's there, you know, working in the trenches with you and really looking at the opportunities that need to be corrected or uh, that they're having struggles with, it's definitely a help when someone's right there with you. Uh, that have have seen it done multiple, countless ways, uh, and it can help you, you know, establish whatever that that culture need is for your restaurant. And I think that's the thing with restaurants these days. It's, it's so many different, like you said, moving parts and different ways to skin the cat. You know, most people just don't or haven't been ex- exposed to those different ways, and so that they struggle a lot of the times. 
Oh, I see. So yeah, the, I guess kind of these problems that they run into, uh, are these usually, or do they usually know like the kind of problem and then you just, you go in and, and you, you look at it and you see like, you know, what are the alternatives of solving it? Or is it sometimes it just takes, you know, your second eye to kind of catch all these things, you know, maybe it's multiple things. Um, it's a little bit wrong. of both, Alex. I think the, the, the crazy thing is most restaurants don't realize they need to help until it's too late. That's number one, right? right? And it's kind of it's, it's like the old uh, it's the old fire detector in your house, right? Most of the times, once you after a couple of days, that thing's going off. You don't even hear it anymore. It takes someone else to to come into your home or hear it and say, "Hey, you know your battery's out of your detector, right?" And it's it's the same thing. I mean, you, you, I call it the the tired eye effect, right? So you go into the same place every single day over and over. You're spending 12 to 14 hours there. You might not notice that dusty vent, <laughs> uh, vent hood in your kitchen. You know, it's just, it is it is what it is. And so most of the times it is a second eye for detail or even a fresh eye, Alex. But what I typically do uh, with my company is we, we give out the free consultation. Uh, and, and that what that does is, you know, I mentioned we're very hands on, but that 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 time that I, I take to do that consultation, it gives me an idea of what is happening, what the opportunities are within that restaurant. And, it, and honestly, it only takes me about I give them a 30 minute free consultation. But Alex, 15 minutes or so, if I'm in your restaurant, I can tell you exactly what's going on, what are the opportunities. And I like to call them opportunities. Right. No one wants to hear they have problems, but um, what the opportunities are. And then from that point, you know, myself, uh, obviously, as a consultant and, and that owner, based on what he sees and what he feels, we kind of devise a plan as, as far as an attack and then how we're going uh, to change that over the next few weeks so that my consulting service is happy within that restaurant. Oh, I see. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome that you, you know, you do that in the beginning. You, you kind of just give them, you know, that assessment and everything like that. So I, I was curious, like, so... Where, where did you say you were originally from, by the way? Well, actually, I was, I've was i been in Houston uh, pretty much my entire life. I was born in California, but I don't think that counts. You're just born somewhere, right? But, yeah, um, yeah. But no, I've been here in, in Houston my whole life. And, uh, you know, I am I consider myself an Houstonian. And, um, you know, just, again, branching out and, and working with different restaurants in the Houston area. Now, don't get, you know, I do, I do allow myself, uh, you know, I do travel, um, you know, if, if, if the restaurant allows me to uh, factor in all the traveling time and all that good stuff, getting all that good information good to go, I do travel and then make sure my services are uh, not just here in Houston, but, uh, you know, nationwide for sure. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. So, no, I was really curious to ask, so like, what, what was your experience like with, in terms of like the food, like, you know, kind of how it changed or, um, you know, I guess they're big on pretty much barbecue. Um, or yeah, like what, what, what have you kind of, uh, noticed or seen, um, in terms of like, just kind of like the food trends and also what have you enjoyed? Um, like what's your kind of favorite that was going to be? My no, so I, I was definitely a heavy, uh, I was definitely immersed in the seafood world. Uh, the, the restaurant that I, that I ran was a, a seafood establishment. Um, however, I have had, you know, different ventures in the restaurant industry. Uh, I would say my favorite is probably going to be the grilling aspect I did have a chance to run one of their steakhouses. It was a Southern style steakhouse cuisine and, and, and you know, Southern fixings. 
so that was pretty cool working with, you know, steaks and different types of cuts and all that good thing. I can tell you this, I, I, I went home smelling much better than I did when I was working at seafood. Uh, but, um, yeah, seafood is, is probably my niche because I've done it for so long. I've learned so much about the different nuances of all different types of seafoods from oysters to, to fish, you name it. But, um, you know, I think, you know, my, my niche is definitely the seafood world, but my favorite would probably be the different steaks, cuts, and all that good stuff. I'm definitely a red meat guy, you know? Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I've i heard, we actually have a, a client down in, uh, not in Houston, but like outside of Houston. I think it's like Belleville. Um, but those pictures of like the ribs and everything looks, it's just a completely different, I mean, we have like, I'm, I'm from Philadelphia. I mean, we have we have like barbecue places, but it's not like, it's nothing even close. I mean, you can't even compare it. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's, not only is it different, but it's, I mean, in my opinion, I mean, I'm sure it's much better. Um, I well, to, yeah, I mean, Houston is, Texas is, period, is known for the barbecue and things of that sort. And, you know, they say everything's bigger in Texas, Alex. So I guess there you, there you go, man. Definitely got to come down one day and enjoy the, the world of barbecue here in Texas. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I mean, when it comes to food, that's definitely a good thing. So, yeah, to, um, <laughs> for sure. But uh, yeah, that's awesome. So, um, what is kind of the, maybe the biggest uh, challenge that a lot of these restaurant owners have um, that you've been maybe able to solve, or that you've you know maybe there's different ways to solve it, or yeah, like what's something that's kind of common that um, you know if, that a lot of these owners kind of have to take a deep look at. You think? I think the cost is probably where, because at the end of the day, the bottom line is how you make your money in a restaurant, right? And right. I think everyone knows that, but, you know, the different controllables that you have that dictates what that bottom line is going to be is where they struggle. Um, for instance, uh, you know, food costs. I would I would always have my, when I, when I was a GM, that, would, that food cost, every time I got that on Monday, I wanted to dissect that thing because... You're gonna lose so much money uh, with that with that cost. Um, I would say labor would be another thing. I mean, obviously, uh, you want to make sure that you have enough people that you can take care of however many headcounts you might be seeing in your restaurant. But at the end of the day, it's a fine line, and you don't want to have too many where you're paying out more than what you're bringing in. Um, I think those two are your definitely your major ones. Um, there's waste uh, over ordering. Uh, that typically happens with, with a lot of these restaurants. And, and what I mean by that is uh, most are just, you know, they have so much on the shelves or in the coolers because they have no way of, of managing the ordering practices that they end up running very long and they throw a lot of product away or they just have so much on the shelf that they're not using and it's just sitting there. It's just wasted money as well. So, uh, you know, for me, just, just going in, helping these guys, uh, these owners just establish ways that they can track sometimes can make the world of a difference mm. uh, or teaching them how to I mean, get creative with scheduling in which, you know, you can stagger your, your staff into where you don't have 10, 15 people there, you know, during happy hour, for instance, where you might see 10 guests, you know, uh, and they're just hanging out drinking and no one's even you know worried about the kitchen. So there's a lot of different things that, you know, play into that cost. But again, you know, Alex, this is, this is these are the things that I see. Uh, but again, you know, it's all about me getting in there and looking at what the opportunities are to really get a true understanding of what these owners need. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, thank you for sharing that because I think uh, a lot of owners and, yeah, the whole uh, 
you know, pricing it and making sure that the margins are right. Um, that's something that I've heard, you know, from some of the people on this podcast um, who do similar things to like what you do. And, and that seems to be one of the most important uh, kind of parts. But, you know, you think it's, it's obvious, but a lot of uh, restaurants, I mean, it doesn't matter, you know, the concept or how good the food is. I mean, if you don't have those margins right. And, yeah. This, sorry not to cut you off. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, Alex. But, you know, the, the two things that, and I'm sure we're probably winding down on time, but. You know, one thing I will leave with with you guys here on the podcast and, and what I would leave with any restaurant owner is, you know, my the way I see it is, you know, you don't want everywhere is so competitive and there's so right. I would always take the option away from my guests as a GM, meaning, you know, people are going to come out for two different things. They're going to come out because you have great food or they're going to come out because you have great service. Right. right. And, you know, I've, I've been on both sides of the fence. You know, my wife and I, we, we go out uh, to certain places because, you know, the bartender can can identify me by my name. And then as soon as I sit down, my favorite drinks right there in front of me. I don't have to say anything. You know, they, they're taking care of me. I can get a refill before I have to ask. You know, that's the hospitality piece, right? That that mm-hmm. can that can make one side of it. But then there's other places we go to where we don't get that, but the food is so dang good. And the service almost sucks, Alex, but we love the food so much that we go there just for the food experience. So mm-hmm. I always consider those two things are the main contributors to why people come out and dine. And so for me, I want to take the option away. I, I want you to come to me because we have both the food and the hospitality side of things. And and the, the restaurants who have figured it out and are very successful, if you go to them, you typically see that. But the ones that are struggling because people are coming there because they have either or, and now you're an option. Now you're, yeah, you got to compete with all the five other restaurants down the street from you that these guests have the, the access to uh, because of either or. So uh, mm-hmm. that, that's what I would say. That's what I leave with my, with my, with my clients when I consult. You know, don't be an option. Let's make sure we take the option away from your guests. Make them come to you because you have best of both worlds. Yeah, I, I really like that. Um, very well said. Yes, yeah, just having, I guess, the, the you know the service side of it, but also the product, you know, making sure you're delivering a, a good uh, menu. And, and, yeah, just, like, knowing what you're good at. Um, one question kind of going off of that. So, like, the, you know, obviously you want to provide this you know, good service and product. What other things have you seen that's been successful? Like, you know, we kind of deal with more of the social media kind of side of things, but like, you know, in terms of your experience, like what have you seen you know, be successful in terms of just getting customers in the door um, and just, you know, coming in and finding out about the restaurants? Well, I think it all depends on what stage you are uh, within your, your, your restaurant. If you're starting out, um, I would definitely start my marketing and, and branding earlier than the day you open. I think that's one yeah. thing uh, people make mistakes with Alex. They wait till the day they open to really put the marketing strategies in place. Uh, and then that what they find themselves looking at is two or three months of having to pay out typically a very expensive rent on a building before they start making any, any signs of money. They're already starting behind the eight ball. Right. Um, I think if you're in the middle where you've kind of been established for a few months, uh, you know, I think you got to kind of get back in, into kind of rebranding your, your market and really getting people uh, in the door to show them what you're all about. Now, with that being said, you know, I had a client, you know, that participated in restaurant week and I told him, I said, hey, listen, you know, this restaurant week can be huge for you, but we got to make sure we do it the right way. And so that would be a time where I definitely have a lot of labor, a lot of people in the building because 
you're on stage now, right? You got all these yeah. people that you're reaching out to and you're getting them to come into your establishment. You don't have the, the, the room for error. You got to make sure that every day you're on stage, you're performing at a very high peak uh, level. And I, th- I think if you kind of, you've been around the block for a very long time, uh, you know, 10 years plus, I think those restaurants need to realize that, you know, the advertisement of social media is huge and just get on the bandwagon. A lot of times, Alex, uh, those right. restaurants that are, I call it, you know, the old mom and pops are just, just been around for a long time and they don't know the one way of doing things, which is the old school way. They just need to adapt the new ways of, of, of what social media is and how powerful and how impactful it can bring people to your establishment and just jump on board and do something. So, um, yeah, I just think it all depends on where you are uh, as far as the stage of your restaurant. But I think at each stage, there's definitely some impact with social media. And I would look at social media platforms for sure. Gotcha. Well, yeah, thanks for that insight. Because, I mean, obviously, you've probably seen, you know, countless, you know, restaurants in different situations. So that's, uh, no, that's really good to know. Yeah, thanks. Um, So, yeah, is there any other, like, really or oh actually before i go to that um what is kind of i I meant to ask this what was the what's like the best or most rewarding uh thing about what you do like what makes you really motivated and what kind of like drives you to do these things and like what makes you like yeah just what what makes you happy like in in doing what you're doing i think just to see the smiles on owner's face or the uh, ah moment where the, the light kind of goes off in their head, like, oh, okay, I see now. Uh, and, and, and of course, just them becoming successful and then them making money. Again, this industry is so tough, Alex. And like you said, there's so many moving parts. Uh, when my time is done, if I walk in and you're operating better than when I walk in, that's a win for me. And again, some owners are so delighted just to, I mean, some, you can just see it on their face that they know that they're in a position now that they're going to be successful. They're going to be around for a while. I think those are the moments that, you know, for me, it keeps me going. And, and that's, that's, that's the thing in a restaurant. It's just a small victories. They don't always have to be a grand victory because they're so far in between. I always keep you going. And then when you get to that grand one, that's when you realize I'm doing this for a reason. This is where I should be. This is, this is what I was called to do. And I think for me, that's, that's it. I mean, just to see those owners and uh, the smiles on their faces and to see their profit margins increase and and then, you know, just to see how well they've come from the time I walked in, that's the win for me. That's awesome. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I think, uh, but yeah, this industry especially, I mean, they need, um, you said, you know, you said the five-year thing, you know, like that's kind of the make it or break it kind of general rule of thumb, but um yeah it's uh it's not easy i mean there's a lot of a lot of stuff involved and um it's good you know that there's people like you out there and and just you know different people of different areas of the restaurant that can help them out um the owners because it's hard to wear all those hats i think um it, it definitely is i tell i tell all my, my clients you know don't try to wear all the hats though <laughs> You gotta you gotta bring people in that you can trust and then teach them how to wear the hat and uh, you know once they wear it you entrust them to do it and then that takes so much pressure off you to focus on being uh, you know the owner truly and, and not the owner slash GM yeah. slash restaurant manager slash cook you know what I mean and so I think that's the side of it where owners really get bogged down and stressed out because they are wearing too many hats and 
And have to be that way. You just got to know how to delegate right. and then follow up uh, with those guys that you delegate the work to and make sure that things are getting done. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just like hire people that are kind of like the opposite of you. Maybe if you're more of a people person, hire someone who's more maybe accounting or uh, kind of the back end type of thing. Um, yeah, I tell you what, Alex, when I, as a GM, when I realized what my weaknesses were, Right. And I'll be honest, I didn't have many. I sound conceited, but I didn't have many. <laughs> but uh, when I realized what my weaknesses were, I put people in position to make sure that they take care of my weaknesses. Right. Mm-hmm. And now when I get someone whose strong point is my weak point. Right. And however many of those individuals were, now I can focus on I'm taking care of my strong points and being good at what I'm really good at. You know, right. and let them take my weaknesses and, and run with those. So that's the key. I mean, the same thing as an owner. You got to do that. You know, most owners, you know, they have a lot of weaknesses and, and you know, they, they typically try to uh, manage those weaknesses and, and take their eye off the ball. And you start to see things slip within the restaurant. And that's what you can't have. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I was wondering, so do you have any... Yeah. So yeah. What's the biggest uh, piece of advice? Like what, what can, what can an owner kind of maybe do right now to uh, maybe just kind of take, take a step back and, you know, look at their business and uh, figure out, you know, what can they do to improve? Um, do you have anything like, kind of, yeah, just like kind of like piece of advice on, in terms of just some, yeah, something they can just kind of apply. Yeah. So after they call me at Gordon restaurant consulting, um, <laughs> now just joking. Now, but no, I, I think, uh, in restaurants, you can't be afraid of change. You know, right. it, it's like the old cliche, right? If you're doing things, if you do the same thing over and over, you got to expect the same results, right? And so um, you, you got to be, in, in this industry, you can't be afraid of change. Uh, you can't be afraid of innovation. And I wish I would just go back to the basics. I mean, take out the, the blueprint and just strip that thing down to the beginning and then just start over if you are struggling because it's something that is not being done correctly. Uh, within your plan or your, your, you know, whatever your blueprint was, uh, that's not working. And sometimes you, in order to figure it out, to find that thing, because it's a need on a haystack sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. So in order to find it, you got to start at the beginning and just start over with the way you've done things. And I know it's, it's uncomfortable, right? No one, no one likes change. It's just human nature. It's just why it's so hard for people to do it. But in an industry where it's so, it's so much change, people are changing. You got to be willing to, to to accept that and and do what your your guests are saying and and sometimes that means just start all the way over. But you'll mm-hmm. find yourself uh, definitely climbing out of whatever rut or hole that you might find yourself in, and you never know. It could be something that can be very rewarding for you because you 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 now or at least you're taking on the possibility of having something different, and you never know what that can lead you to. You know, you never know in this industry. You never know. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, yeah, thank you. Um, thank you so, so much for, for all this information. And I think, yeah, I think a lot of, you know, like listeners and you know, anyone kind of just like in the industry, especially uh, owners, which obviously this applies to mostly, um, yeah, we'll just like find a lot of value and, and just, you know, kind of, a, you know, these things that they can apply and, and these things that you've learned along the way, because uh, obviously you've been in, you know, these different uh kind of different environments in terms of like, you know, different restaurants and different management teams and everything like that. So, um, 
Yeah, thank you so uh, so so much for uh, for being on. Oh man, I appreciate it, Alex. My uh, it's all my pleasure, man. Thank you guys for having me. Absolutely. Um, yeah. J before we leave things, uh, is there any kind of uh, like links or anything that? I, and I like I always leave it in the sh in the show notes and everything like that, so people can uh, find you. But yeah, is there any uh, maybe website or anything like that people can find you? Yeah, so definitely you can uh, you can find me at uh, Gordon uh, Restaurant Consulting. I am on Google. Uh, that's down here in Houston. Um, I do have a website that's going to be uh, GRC365 dot uh, me. Sorry, uh, GRC365 dot me. And of course, you know you can reach out to me at Main Course Consulting. Uh, that is uh, my email address. That's going to be at Gmail. And uh, yeah, my phone number as well. Um, so I think you have it, Alex. But yeah, my phone number is probably my best way. But any, any of those avenues. I'm also on all the social media platforms, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram uh, as well at uh, GRC365. And uh, yeah, those are all the best ways to, to contact me. Awesome. Yeah, you got it all. <laughs> you know, whatever they want to contact you on, that's perfect. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, thank you so much. All right, no problem. Appreciate the time, Alex. Thank you. All right, absolutely.